another week down. Oh, it seems like just yesterday we were doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was seven days ago. But it was seven days ago. <laughs> um, yeah. I think uh, we had a really, really good response to uh, to the last episode. Yes. Um, very much so. I mean, just like I think we mentioned last week, uh, Deja Vu, uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me personally and, mm-hmm. and tell me um, that they really enjoyed what we talked about. So uh, Yeah. Same. I think this will probably be, you know, the last, I don't know if we would call it sad, but definitely heavy episodes um, for a little bit. So Yeah, I think we'll give you guys a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Hopefully next week we can talk about some fun news. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Um, on all ends, a.k.a. Jim's opening completely, and uh, other big news. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no spoilers yet. Nope. Although, I think everyone knows people that. are figuring it out yeah people are figuring it out people know it's it's a thing <laughs> but um, yeah hopefully we'll be able to talk about opening back up yeah that would be great Fingers um, crossed. good timing um i feel as though today what is today monday monday the 29th yes and tuesday the 30th i think by wednesday i think guidelines will be released i think uh he's probably cuomo's probably feeling a lot of pressure uh, I think from fitness industries, there's, I don't know if you're a part of this thing, I guess there's a bunch of uh, gyms trying to sue uh, Cuomo. Yeah, I saw that it's on like Facebook. fitness New York industries, uh, or industry like uh, loss, class, class act action lawsuit. lawsuit. Yeah. I'm like, I just kind of do one of those like meme things where something looks like it's a wormhole, so I'm just going to kind of watch from the outside. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> like behind the bushes. Yes. Yeah, literally. I'm like, I'm that guy licking his chops behind behind the bushes. Same. Um, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to give them any information. I don't want to put myself at risk. There's a lot of big things happening that I'd rather not uh, be at risk for, you know, uh, taking other things. I don't know what they could do, but I'd rather be in the background it's not worth it yeah Mm -hmm. and same on our end i mean we're we finally got our certificate of occupancy for basketball and that was cleared to open on the sixth same with softball so we don't want to risk them being like you know what now you can't open those yeah no that wouldn't be good uh i don't think i wouldn't want to uh what do they call it stir the pot yeah um at all poke the bear yeah just not worth it Uh, i give them credit and i back them 100 percent, but i'm just not going to get involved um, if you need me to sign a petition, sure, I'll sign it. But I'm yep. not going to give you, you know, they're looking for like EIN number and business name. It's too I'm much. like, no, I think I'm good. I, yeah. I think I'm going to kind of lay low on this. Also because uh, I think both of us, we've both been working still during the whole pandemic. So yeah. I don't want them to look into that and be like, oh, well, you're still working enough to, you know, do blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't want to risk that. Yeah, exactly. We're playing it smart. Yeah, Absolutely. So, some big news that happened yesterday. Big, yes. depressing news. Big bomb um, drop. Yeah, they uh, they canceled the USA Powerlifting Raw Nationals 2020. Um, you know, super pretty much shitty. it seems... Yeah, super shitty. But it honestly seems as though everything is canceled in 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the, the whole world... You know, the, I shouldn't say the world. The whole U.S. can pretty much write off 2020. I don't think, how would you say it? It, It's the right thing to do. It is. It's 
but it's also... Was it done the right way? To each their own. You yeah. know, and I think in New York, we probably did it the best that we could have. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people disagreed at first, myself included. Um, I think it was a little harsh, but you look back on everything and you realize, oh shit, we went through a hard eight weeks. Right. And then everything, you know, started to slowly become open again. Right. Um, Rather than now, just opening again. <laughs> yes, right. Now I think taking a little bit too extra time, um, the reopening process seems biasedy and lobbyisty. Um, it seems as though um, <laughs> you got to know someone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially in the industries that we're in. You know, yeah. I think for softball and baseball, obviously, or softball and basketball for you guys uh, will be um, fine. But we're talking the gym aspect. Right. You know, uh, movie theaters, gyms, and what's the other thing? Movie theaters, gyms, and... I can't remember. Malls. I, malls. Malls, yeah. Malls, that's what it is. Are not a part of the four phases that we have, um, that Cuomo uh, put together back in March. Um, so I don't know why they're calling it phase 4.1 and 4.2. And it's like, motherfucker, just call a spade a spade. It's like, it's, it's phase five. Yeah. What do you fucking want? We're not phase four. Like, there's no subset of fucking phase four. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Um, so, uh, anyways, uh, side, sidebar to that. I just, I, it's kind of interesting when you think about things in, in a large scale of, you can go get a lap dance or go to a roller rink. Or go or to a casino. Go to a casino or go to a restaurant or go to, uh, what's the other What's the other one that I was thinking? A bowling alley, a roller rink. Bowling alley and roller rink, a strip club, and a restaurant. But you can't go for one-on-one <laughs> personal training. Legally. Um... By the book, legally, unless, you know, other things. But anyways, it, to each their own. We don't understand why that's taking the most time. And, you yeah. know, they're talking about clean air, and they're talking about sanitation, and they're talking about um, uh, your HVAC unit not spreading anything. And it's like... All of those other facilities have those. Yes, and Maggie actually literally just watched me eat tacos because every Monday Matt and I do tacos. Taco Monday, $2 tacos at Acapulco, if anyone's wondering, from 11 to 2. It's wonderful. Uh, but I am a fucking mouth-heavy breather when I'm eating. Yeah, I probably breathe. that's why we had to wait to start recording. Yes, I, have, I probably breathe heavier while I'm eating than while I'm lifting. <laughs> that is, that's like an actual fact. Like yeah, I, in, I am a fucking vacuum, and I, I hold my breath, and I fucking just go to town. If any '90s kids ever played Kirby growing yes. up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I, I'm funny about it. But at the same time, you know, you can go to multiple restaurants in Buffalo, and I won't list any names, but you can literally sit there in your seat and almost touch their HVAC unit, and yeah. you're gonna sit here and tell me that you spending two hours, three hours for dinner and drinks. Uh, breathing just as much as you would in an hour workout, mm-hmm. if you go, if you go, you know how long you were there and how long, um, you know you're in the gym and how much you're breathing, whatever whatever they want to talk about with that, but 
what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, I feel as though, you know, there has to be some literature. And I, and, and I guess that's what I get most frustrated with, is they don't tell us anything. There's nothing. There is literally zero information. Yet again, every single time that there is corona updates, it is strictly from Facebook or someone telling me, pr- primarily my mother, um, or just someone screenshotting something and sending in a group message. Like, yeah. that's literally all I have found out about information. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and no one calls us, no one emails us. Nope. You know, if you want information, you're the one that has to be proactive and, and do that stuff. But even so, you're jumping through 80 hoops to get not even all of the information you're looking for. Literally 80 hoops. So, we're, we're pissed. Yeah, it, it's just... <laughs> It's more, fr- like, I was 100% on board. 100% yeah. on board with, you know, you have to take care of everything. You have to keep your distance, wear your mask. Which I'm still a part of keeping the distance Absolutely. and wearing a mask. Like, 110%. However, I feel as though this reopening process has been less um, transparent and more translucent. Uh-huh. And I don't really like not knowing what what is expected of us number one right you have had how many months to give us guidelines well we are almost in july now and this started in what march yeah so all of march all of april all of may all of june and we're getting into july Mm -hmm. so almost five months of time and you know yet again I, i understand our industries aren't as important to you guys but they're important to us you know if we want to bitch because our industries aren't open. You're like, whoa, 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 I've been on the front lines. It's like, motherfucker, I have the right to bitch if... When it's your livelihood. Yes. So... And, you know, continuing on the topic of mental health, it's how a lot of people, that's their outlet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Especially in a time like this where everyone is so high anxiety, high stress. For sure. They um, need something. Yeah. And, you know, not that... I think there's a caveat to that, that not everything, you know, should be... 100% mental health when you're talking about lifting because sure. there's a lot more that goes into it than, you know, just unless you're bodybuilding, of course, you know, then you can kind of get lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it's something to distract you. It's something that can take your energy systems away. And we've talked about that on previous episodes about yeah. changing that energy system from one direction to another direction. Mm-hmm. So Anyways, yeah, no, but I think, you know, a lot of the, you know, a good segue into that is talking about the Raw Nationals thing, you know, and... Yeah, that's a hard blow for a lot of people. A lot of people putting a lot of work in it, and I think, I think USA Powerlifting handled it as well as they could, trying to make things work, however, they didn't, I don't, I, I and again, I'm not behind the scenes, so I can't really comment on that, but yeah. I, I feel as though... If you were desperately really trying to make this event work, you could have ran it somewhere else. Yeah. You could have ran it in a different state. Mm-hmm. You could have said um, each person that wants to compete at nationals compete in your own state at this meet at this time. And it'll be live stream for everyone yeah. to see. It'll be on lifting cast. You know, you pretty much have to perform the best that you can. And I mm-hmm. get that takes a lot, the strategy out of it. But you could have made this work yeah. if you wanted to. I mean, I think the biggest thing with the biggest driving force to it being canceled was probably the fact that it was in Florida this year. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, and, Florida opened too hard, too fast. Yeah. And now their numbers are skyrocketing. And that definitely did not work in the favor of 
Raw Nationals being in Daytona Beach. Literally. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's frustrating. And I think if they really wanted this national championship to happen, it could have happened. Sure. You know, you get a hold of your state chairs. Mm-hmm. You tell them what the deal is. This is when the, the meet has to happen on this day. No ifs, ands, or buts. You're happening on this weekend at this time. Anyone who has a qualifying total can register going to this specific place from your specific state and just make it work. Yeah. Is, is it, you know, um, normal in the sense of, like, how your uh, typical national championships go? No. No, absolutely not. But but what is normal right now? Exactly. My, my point exactly. Nothing in this whole entire time has been has been normal. And I think that, you know, and I think that also, you know, a good segue into the episode is like people get depressed. Yeah. Like I am personal favorite of uh, structure. I need structure. And when people keep pushing things off or not doing what they're supposed to or um, keep giving you a timeline, a timeline, a different timeline, a timeline. How can you follow that same structure and, you know, stay on top of anything? Mm-hmm. And I think that it really speaks volumes to all of these athletes, athletes that were still grinding yeah. during this whole time. There were a lot of people that were hitting a lot of big numbers and making it work. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want them to think that this was all for nothing because it's not, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're just trying to get stronger regardless of when you compete, you're getting stronger because you want to get stronger. There there's, shouldn't be any sort of, oh, well, I was only getting stronger for this event. No. No, that's a bunch of bullshit. There's always going to be more meets. Exactly. There, That's a bunch of bullshit, too. If, you, if your only goal was to get stronger for, for Raw Nationals, again, you're, you're just doing it for the wrong fucking reasons. Yeah. Like, uh, that's that, that could be a whole other topic of why you compete for the wrong reasons. Um Hillary but, had the, I think, the best outlook on it. Her and I were talking yesterday, and she's out in California, and she was like, well, more time to train. Like, yeah. so I think that's how you have to look at it. You're getting, ex- like, you might not feel like you were ready. Like, a lot of people probably were not going to be ready no. for Raw Nationals. No. So now you've been given this gift of more time. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that most of my peeps that 100% committed to going were training during this, during this pandemic. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I'm really pumped that they were able to do that. However, you know, and it's a different train of thought. Now it's, you know, regain planning. Um, You know, I was talking to a couple clients. One lives in Wisconsin. I was talking to him about it, and we're going to find a meet locally for him during that same time frame so we can still, you know, push the pedal to the metal on this. Test the numbers. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna push it with a couple other peeps, you know, that are ready to compete, ready yeah. to do this thing, and you know, when the time is right, the time is right, you yeah. know. And for a lot of these people that have been training, sure, they want to showcase everything that uh, they put on all this work. Yeah, but but you know, you should feel bad. Like no one should no one should fake make you feel terrible for feeling the way that you do because you're not able to do this event. It's okay to be upset about it. Yeah. I mean, like, you should be. I mean, you trained your ass off and, and still are training your ass off for that one day at that one time. Sure, mm-hmm. you should be pissed about it. Um, but, you know, if you're going into this was my, you know, this was my only shot, I feel as though that that's not the right take. Right. For this specific instance, right? <laughs> Sorry, you're turning I into burped. me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had tacos before this, and I drank a horchata. I am I am gassy. Also, if you haven't picked up on it by now, Carly likes to talk with his hands. So yeah. when you hear, sorry. Yeah, I I am a I am a even though it's on a microphone, I still fucking have to talk with my hands. I, I have a hard time sitting still. Literally, I can't sit still very often. The whole time I'm sitting here shaking my head, like God damn it, Carly. I can't help it. I don't know what to tell you. I can't help it. But anyways, digression. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I think if you're saying that this is the end because, you know, I'm not, I don't want to train anymore or I want to take time off of training, you really have to reset those, those priorities yeah. of why you're lifting. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be more meets. Yep. This is not your only shot. No. This literally happens every year at the same time. Yeah, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. No. If anything, it keeps growing and growing and growing. Yeah. Um, don't Again, we, we've talked about this before, but we don't know when that cap is going gonna, is gonna to hit. But at some point, the bubble will burst, mm-hmm. and it, it will slowly flatten out. Flattening the curve. <laughs> Pun fully intended. Um, but, yeah, no, if you're, if you're to the point where you don't want to train anymore at this point, it, you need to really relook. Take a step back. Yeah, really relook why you're training. Yep. And if you can't even see why you're training, then you probably shouldn't be training for anything. Yeah. You know, you need to really hone in on what your goals are and stay true to those goals. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just trying to say, "Well, I want to compete at Raw Nationals this year, and that's it." What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, yeah. God, dude, or do that. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it. it this isn't the end of the world. It no. happens. Yeah. It's shitty, but it is what it is. This is a completely different place that this this country is in, you mm-hmm. know, quite frankly. And everyone's trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and again, USA Powerlifting did a decent job of trying to figure it out. I think they could have still done more if they wanted to. And if they didn't, that's fine. You know, I'm not and judging them for tried, not And maybe they tried. Like, want- yeah. we don't know. Either. You're right. And maybe they couldn't get it to work. Or maybe they couldn't get all the states on board. Right. Whatever, whatever. You know, and, and every state has different guidelines. But I feel as though by October, uh, every state should be in some sort of similar situation. I feel as though now there are a lot of states that are in way different scenarios than other states and you know there's a lot of restrictions on some states even with if you just list gyms alone i feel as though there's still like a good 20 to 30 percent of gyms uh in there's 20 to 30 percent of states that don't have gyms open yet Mm -hmm. so yeah um i think I, i think everyone is figuring it out like us as business owners we're trying to figure it out too you know we're trying to put business models together of what's going to work for us once the gyms open back right. up. Um, you know, I have some plans in place, but I don't even know if we have to. It, you know, I have a couple other big things coming up to to figure out if I need to hold off on some ideas or, or right. you know, quite frankly, shutting down memberships for a while, you know, not getting anyone new in, you yep. know. Uh, stay true to the clientele that you have for a little bit and then open it back up Um because you want to, you know, it might be a risk. It might be something that uh, you don't want to spread it. I read an article that a gym, now granted it's in West Virginia, so tickets for what it's worth, but a Planet Fitness opened back up and within a month they had 200 new cases just from that place alone. Yikes. Now again, take it for what it is. It's West Virginia. It's Planet Fitness. It's Planet Fitness. Um, but 
you know, it's it's an airborne it's an airborne virus. So yeah. you could get it airborne if you're not following the law, the rules and the laws. Mm-hmm. We live in New York. And if those of you who haven't watched or to live somewhere else, New York has a lot of rules in general. Yeah. New York loves the rules. Uh, New York has rules all over the place. They have rules for their rules. Yes. Uh, And I'm not a gun guy. I could talk about this another day, but I'm not a gun guy. Um, But I'm not anti-gun. So, so, you know, uh, what do they call the NRA people? I'm not anti-gun. I promise you. But getting a pistol permit in, in New York is, like, literally harder than having a child in New York. Yeah. Like... It is one of the hardest things to do in New York as just a normal citizen. Yeah, that's just an example of the many oh my God. rules yeah. that the state you has. You have to go leaps and bounds. If So if you really want a permit, you're working your ass off to try to get a permit. And probably giving your right leg or something. Yeah, literally. I think it's your second point. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but anyways, so the brief topic that we wanted to talk about is... Yeah, after our super long-ass intro. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We got sidetracked. <laughs> um, is the stigma behind depression. Yeah. And I think it, you know, I, I thought about it a lot, especially over the weekend, especially when, you know, we talked about what we were going to, um, podcast about today. I think a lot has to do with... If you are deemed a strong individual, mm-hmm. I think that people have a hard time accepting that, oh, and maybe self-accepting too, that you could be sad or anxious or depressed yep. or have issues that you also have to deal with. Yep. You know, being physically strong or being emotionally strong and psychologically strong is a great quality. Absolutely. But I feel as though those people have a harder time talking about it openly. Yeah. You know, and I, I I think a lot of it probably for me started when I had to take care of my father. Uh, and this isn't, this is not talking about the death of my father. This is talking about when my dad was all fucked up. And I'll give you a brief synopsis, but I had to take care of my father pretty much because they had an ugly divorce uh, with my mother. Um, and my dad's fault. Um, my dad's not a saint, but he's my dad and I'll take care of him. Yeah. So, um, my dad got, you know, uh, divorce papers served to him and rightfully so. Uh, he was an asshole parent or excuse me, an asshole dad or asshole husband, uh, but a great father, at least for me. Um, so he got served papers, um, was living homeless for about six ish months. Um, and then he reverted back to his problems, um, reverted back to addiction in all different kinds of ways, uh, addiction with drinking, uh, addiction with gambling, um, just a, just in a really bad place. Yeah. And, uh, so he was homeless for about six months and then fell back into pretty much wasting all of his money away. Um, literally, every single dime he had, he wasted away. Uh, whether it was at the casino, um, or on drinks, or getting into trouble. But uh, my dad, from the ages that I was... What time, what year was that? 
18 to about 20, almost 21-ish. No, he missed my 21st birthday. 22? No, I graduated college that year. He missed that too. Uh, about, yeah, 22 and a half, 23-ish. So from the range ranges of 18 to 23, I pretty much took care of my dad until he was incarcerated. Uh, my dad was incarcerated for about two years consecutive. So in prison terms, that means 18 months. So they knock off like two months a year, three months a year, and, and because you go consecutive months. It's, a, it's all legal stuff. I don't know the fine details of it. Um, but my dad got over 30-something DWIs. Um, and he never paid the price. So my dad was an ex-corrections officer and just thought he lived above the law. He thought that no one could tell him no. And so after his, whatever, 35th, 36th DWI, he finally got arrested. Finally got arrested. Wow. All the other times I was picking my dad up drunk, naked, disorderly, um, at a casino, in ditches, you name it. I was, I was pretty much picking my dad up for a good solid two years um, and driving back to his house, put him in his bed and left. Didn't matter what time of the day, didn't matter when, but... He had he had a really rough five years, uh, wasted all of his money away. Now the the state in New York really sets you up nicely. Yes, it really if you work for the state, fuck you 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 are set for life. My dad fucked that up, and took a lot out of his retirement early because he had problems. Um, took out of his life insurance. He had like three one million dollar life insurance policies. My sister and I were gonna get. I can tell you with 100% sincerity, we did not get $3 million a piece. We barely got 50000 a piece from his life insurance policies. That's how much my father had a problem and couldn't, uh, just couldn't handle life. He, he couldn't handle it. So for the longest time, the reason I say this, uh, from the ages of pretty much 20... 18 to 23, I bottled up how I felt. Like, I, I didn't talk about any of this. Like, it's only recently, literally, I think it was, when did I see my mother alone? Like, April or May of this year was the first time I told my mother that I did all of that for my dad. My mom had no idea. My sister probably still doesn't. I think I told my sister, but she probably doesn't remember until I would jog her memory from it. But she I bottled. Have, yeah, blocked it out too. Yeah, I literally. Well, she didn't really talk to my dad during that time. Hmm. It, it was something they had a very strained relationship during that time. And, and my sister was so young. I mean, when my dad got removed from the house, I was fifteen. Yeah, that's. My sister was twelve. Like twelve is such a pinnacle year. Mm-hmm. Twelve to thirteen, like you're just going into high school. Mm-hmm. Anyways, not uh, even. No. Yeah, it, it would. My sister, unfortunately, I think, um, just bad timing in, in life to go through something like that. And, and luckily I was a little bit older, but I watched so many terrible things happen uh, between my parents, like things that no one should, should ever experience, you know, and 
emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, you know, guns, like all this shit that no one should ever experience. But I never talked about it. It was something that it was my problem or it was my family's problem or it was, you know, we keep it in the family. No one else needs to know what's going on. And, and I didn't say shit. I didn't talk about it at all. And I don't know if it was necessarily depression at that time. I think it was a lot of anger. Yeah. But, and that anger, you know, I talked about it last week. That anger just all subsided in depression once my dad died. You know, and, and I think all these pent up years of taking care of someone and, and not being able to have enough courage to even tell him, get your fucking life together. Like, right. you know, and, and all you were doing is just feeding into another another problem. You know, I was a product of um, they have a term for it. I'm, I'm going to forget the term and I'm not going to say it, but there's a term for like enhancing what enabling what their habits are Mm -hmm. and at the time I didn't know you know I was just taking care of my dad you know I I had no idea that I was doing that and all I was doing was enabling habits uh and then bottling up my own way of going about it and you know everyone called me you know strong for being able to handle that and you're so you're so tough but why didn't anyone say are you, you should, okay? Yeah, are you okay? Why why don't you go talk to anyone? Like as opposed to being proud of how you're handling the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, why why do we say why do we say you you have to be proud of being so resilient and and trying to help, you know, the situation and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. why is that a thing? And, and I and, and I think it's just a culture I think it's a cultural thing, especially with for people. men. Yeah, especially for men. I think it's, you know, you need to be there for your family. Right. And it's like, well, I have my own shit. Right. Like, now I'm okay with saying that to people. Like, I'm okay with telling them I have my own problems. Or I don't want to get involved. Um, but back then, I, I, I really couldn't. Yeah. I, I really felt like there was no other choice in the matter. There was literally no choice besides helping my dad. Mm-hmm. And or and vice versa, my, you know, whenever my mom's going through something, I help my mom. And there, there is no, which is kind of funny because, well, not funny. It's really sad. Uh, my mom's getting testing again currently, um, and they won't let us into the hospital. Yeah. To go with her, so it's kind of like interesting. Like I can't help, even if I want to. I can't right now. I can't go there with her appointments. They won't let us in. Yeah. It's literally just one person. And it's like, well, I guess this time around I can't help you that much. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's fascinating in the world that we live in. But anyways, um, but yeah, no, I felt like I was trapped, and trapped in a in a self trapping way. No, yeah. no one was no one was literally forcing me to do this. It was just my own way of, I guess, dealing with it. Right. Like, right. Need to be strong for him. Need to be strong for him. And and you know because he was strong for me when I was growing up. So now you have to return the favor. Exactly. And I think that's just a systemic problem that this country has, right? And again, it goes through the, we talk about the typical gender roles, right? Like, you need to be a strong individual if you're a guy. Right. Or a male. Or or transitioning to a male, you have to be strong. If you identify as male, you should be strong. Yeah, if you you identify as male, the trait is you need to be strong-willed and you need to protect. Right. But... I don't understand why it's so bad to see someone 
be able to show vulnerability mm-hmm. or be able to show the emotion or be able to you know, say like, hey, I can't deal with this right now mm-hmm. or I have other things on my plate. I'm not going to name any name, but there's a person, a client of mine that deals with this constantly. And I wish they, I won't say he or she, um, I wish they, they are doing it a lot more now, but I wish they, you know, could do it a little bit more often. And, and I think that's the hardest part about depression, and anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and taking on too much of your plate. It's really hard to say no sometimes. Yeah. It's also hard to find that balance of um, containing emotion and expressing emotion. Like, I know for me, because I struggle with really bad anxiety, um, there's times where I'll just explode, you know, and it's just, I can't stop. And it's like, someone will say, well, why don't you calm down? It's like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm past calm right now. Like, I need to ride this wave out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other times where I don't want to talk about my emotions yeah. and people, mostly friends who are female will be like, well, you should talk about that. And so it's like kind of the opposite stigma of, you know, yeah. anyone who is, you know, identifying as male, then you come to the people identifying as female. It's like, well, you should be vulnerable. Like yeah. you should, you should be talking about your feelings and sometimes you don't want to like, and, and that's okay. It's also okay to talk about it. Like Yeah. And I think there's a point of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be enough time to talk about it. Yeah. But also you shouldn't bottle everything up. But when the time is right, you need to talk about it. On your terms. But again, that becomes self-aware. Mm-hmm. You need to be self-aware that, all right, I know something's just constantly irritating me. And if I haven't said anything yet, you know, you need to be aware yes. of those situations. Absolutely. Especially in, in things like relationships. And, yeah. You know, you can't be, I mean, I think we've both been guilty of this. <laughs> Again, same person. Like, we'll, you know, bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up. And then finally yeah. it's like, okay, this is really bothering me and it has yeah. been for a while. Yeah. And I think it, like you said, it's that self-awareness to recognize it before it becomes that problem yeah. and address it in a way that we're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and it also relates to being strong people. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, we're... being that strong person, we don't want to talk about it right, right. And they're like, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. And chances are we usually don't. So we bottle it up and then <laughs> talk about it later. Um, or yell about it because there's one little thing like, that just... you didn't put the yellow dish away. And I'm really fucking pissed off about this thing from five weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's pretty accurate. So, yeah. But I think, I, yeah, finding your balance... Um, and just learning to recognize, you know, how to level that balance is really important. Absolutely. Like, it's okay to be vulnerable if you're seen as such a strong person, again, on your terms. Yeah. Um, but don't totally bottle everything up. And then on the opposite end of that, it's okay to not always be so high emotion, um, if it's going to help you kind of take a step back and kind of think about things first before getting super emotional yeah and again we go back to something we talked about last week with coping right coping is is real mm-hmm. and how you cope with things is is very subjective to who you are as a person mm-hmm. and there's again no right or wrong answer to to that um none of this is black and white and but as long as your coping mechanisms are healthy yeah that's it. As long as it's healthy and it works for you, yeah, you're doing the right thing. 
Absolutely. And only you can determine that, really. Absolutely. Obviously, outside help, professional help can guide you to that. Yeah. But ultimately, it's, you know, you who has to figure it out because you're the one that's inside your own mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being open is not a bad thing. You know, talking about how you feel isn't isn't a bad thing. No. And, you know, we talked about, briefly touched about on the last couple of episodes about, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to talk about things when you feel like it's right to talk about things. Right. So I think that having, you know, uh, you don't necessarily need to be diagnosed with depression to have depression. Absolutely not. And I think that's a really big point. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have that true clinical diagnosis for any of this. No. You know, if you recognize that you're having an off day, that's okay. Like, yeah. It really is. And that's, and that's something that I think... It, it's hard to recognize when you've never had it recognized before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It, you could feel sad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, someone dies. I feel sad. Mm-hmm. Or I lost. I feel sad. But feeling a certain way on a consistent basis is more so where we're coming from. Yeah. You know, if you're consistently feeling like this one thing triggers me to feel a certain way all the time, that's probably part of depression. Mm-hmm. And on the adverse of that, why the fuck are you doing it? Like, if you know what bothers you, don't do it. What the fuck? Like, it's a plain and simple thing. If it fucking irritates you, like, walk away. An example if there's something that a person does to you, relationship or non relationship, and it irritates you, why the fuck are you around that person for that event or around that person, period? Or why don't you fucking say something? Yeah. Like, that's a time where you speak up. I mean, we're all adults. Yes. Like, don't put yourself in situations that can get you into trouble. Yeah. And, you know, and again, being a strong person, sometimes you think that you don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect me. It's I'll not going to affect fine. me. Yeah, I'll be fine. It's good. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I got it. Or the classic response, I'm fine. Yeah. Or you ask someone, you good? And they're like, yeah, I'm good. Nonchalant answers typically mean that there's something deeper rooted. Yeah. And I think finding, you know, your circle that recognizes that. Like, that's one thing with our friendship that I'm super grateful for Mm -hmm. is that we both do that. Yeah. Like, if I walk in and you're like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, fine. Fine. It's like, okay, clearly there's an issue. Or vice versa. Like, if I ask Carly, like, how he's doing, he's like, I'm okay. It's like, okay. Now, what happened? (laughs) Just tell me now. So, finding your circle of support is key. Yeah, and I think that's something that I didn't really... I was in a weird transition during the time that I was taking care of my dad. Yeah. Um, I didn't really truly find my close friend group, right? Like, I was transitioning from high school. All of my friends, like, didn't have those friends anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you quote-unquote grew up um, after high school, and chances are the a lot of people that you were super, super close with, you're not close with anymore. And 
I think that not having that, that close friend group like I do in my adult years um, really didn't, it really probably propelled the situation even more to bottle that up. Yeah, absolutely. And I had no one to talk to about it, you know. My, my friends barely knew. My friends probably still don't know everything, you know, about what exactly happened. I don't know if there's any one true person. I mean, I had no idea when we became friends. Yeah. There was a lot of a lot of layers. <laughs> layers. You're an onion. I'm an onion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and now I have no issues. You yeah. Know? And it took, Jesus, I just turned 30. took over 12 years. Yeah, 12 years of growth. To finally be okay with talking about it openly and freely as opposed to you know having people judge me or mm-hmm. tell them how I actually felt during the situation right know? and honestly telling them for the first time like something was really difficult mm-hmm. you know as a guy and being a larger stronger guy like saying something's really difficult was not in my DNA yeah and saying like this sucked like Going through all that was really tough. Even when my dad died, I don't think I said that out loud for a while. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, they're, they're, they're the barriers and the, and the, you know, walls that you put up to kind of cope with yourself, but it became an unhealthy coping. Yeah. You know, and became more of a blockade and a crutch. Yeah. I know that Jordan, my husband, can attest to it too. Um, for those who don't know, he's a big guy like Carly, big, strong guy, and... Um, in college, he went through some very emotional events and, you know, it was hard for him and, you know, I, he's pretty open about it now. Um, I mean, he kind of, he's an anomaly in that he doesn't have as much of a problem talking about his feelings, but I think it's because of this. Um, you know, he found his close group. Um, he befriended a group of girls in college that really helped him through a lot of it, but, you know, depression hit him hard, um, suicidal thoughts hit him hard, like, all these things, and he did seek the help, and he was okay with not being okay, and he accepted that, and obviously now he's grown into someone who is open about talking about it and wants other people to know that it's okay, um, to struggle with your feelings as a large football guy (laughs) like and and that's you know something as a coach you know I know I try to personally connect with all of my clients and I try to remember a lot of things too because you know at the end of the day sure they're paying you for a service right Mm -hmm. but if you don't take an interest in them chances are they're not going to open up about a lot of things right you need to find a vested interest in your clients and like remember things be an emotional chameleon, as the great Matt Veronica says. Yeah, an emotional chameleon, that's a great term. Because you really do. You have to take on so many hats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having a client-to-athlete relationship, or excuse me, client-to-coach relationship, or an athlete-coach relationship is so much more than working showing out. an exercise, working out, yeah. you know, playing this sport or the game or the mm-hmm. competition. It's more than that. And, mm-hmm. and it's how you connect with them yeah and then that's when they buy in yeah absolutely because they can first at first just see oh wow they get great results mm-hmm. or their clients get great results um or that that team looks awesome 
It's more than that. Yeah, absolutely. It's more than just numbers. It's more than just that. It's about connection. Yeah. And, uh... Then you become part of their support. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we... All hours of the day, people try to get a hold of you for something. Mm Mm-hmm. And having them feel okay with talking to you about not feeling okay and talking to you about how they're feeling, whether it's depression or sad or something's not going well, those are, that's huge. Absolutely. Everyone needs that. Yeah. And that's more important than any sort of win or loss or um, PR or non-PR. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That was, uh, that was heavy. Yeah. We were a bit all over the place. Yeah, we were. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's an umbrella for this one, even though it was about a certain topic. Yeah. Thanks for following along that ping pong game. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. But it was good. It was. It was good. Absolutely. And our hope for that. Fingers fucking crossed that we can talk about fun things next week. Yeah. Um, And if not, then we have a bunch of other topics that we can talk about. Oh, we got lists, man. We got lots of lists. We have lots of things planned out, and uh, hopefully we can talk about other things that are fun. Yeah. I mean, our hope for this was that you took something out of it. Um, whether it was a lot or a little. And I mean, honestly, be okay with finding your circle and finding Mm -hmm. your inner self and listening to your inner self, Mm -hmm. you know, and listening to, uh, advice, you know, in in a good way, right? Like you also have to be able to sift through the bullshit of, you know, parents are always going to make you try to feel better. Friends are always going to try to make you feel better. It's about being real. It's about being honest. It's not about the fluffy goodness that always comes. The band-aid. With that, yeah. So, being okay with those things. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Thanks for listening. (laughs) More adjectives. Cool, sweet, great. (laughs) Tune in uh, to everything, and hopefully we can keep you up to date on some fun things happening next week. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to spill some... uh, Hopefully. Some tea on the the upcoming. I'm waiting for a bunch of emails. Oh, boy. (laughs) So we'll see. Until next time. Bye. See ya.